0: I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star
1: podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough, you know? But when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough. I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call. You, you, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass.
2: guys welcome back to cats got our tongues i'm claire partain the sports editor and i'm sitting here with uh the vp of podcasting andrew zimmel the
0: texas state sports press yeah, get it right we're claire. forever
2: gonna fight about this every day <laughs> every all right single time
0: ironically enough cats got our tongue but it's the dog days of summer not a lot of things are happening around san marcus
2: you know not too much not too much news but we do have a little bit going on uh one of them is about cat osterman you know one of our coaches over there in uh playing japan she just defeated uh for the usa championship national team yeah yeah yeah
0: they won the international cup this is their back-to-back winning of it and Mm -hmm. we're just jumping right into it look when we talked to a cat earlier this year we did the kind of feature on her talking about her coming back to international play we kind of all thought okay osterman a little bit older didn't Mm -hmm. really know what to expect from you know the lifelong longhorn uh well, yeah, the texas I mean, state head coach or assistant coach so mm-hmm. she's played very well and she actually has proven i to me and again like i'm not going to say like i didn't think that she had it, anything left in the tank but she did prove i think to a lot of people that she still has a lot left to give to the game
2: oh well, yeah i mean she kicked ass in the past obviously on the olympic team in 2004 when she started out and she was the youngest member then and then, so, but it's it is interesting seeing somebody that is at that age like still doing what she's doing. Like she's very consistent with what she does.
0: So let's talk about it. Yeah. On, uh She she threw in three games during the uh, hotly contested international cup. Her first appearance was a start against number eight China on July second. So it's been a couple weeks now. Uh, she earned a complete game victory after going the distance, going to a one zero decision. She threw ninety nine pitches and struck out twelve batters.
2: That's pretty good. Double digits right oh. there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, and then. Yeah.
0: Next time, or next start was against number six, Chinese Tapai, and that was on July 4th. Mm-hmm. And the four-time wow. National Pro Fast Pitch Champion threw six and two-thirds innings of scoreless work, and they ended up winning that game, too, 1-0. It's kind of cool
2: that they won on July
0: 4th. Yeah, I no. you know. USA. USA, yeah, all the way. Represent, yeah. And then on July 7th, they faced number two, Japan, and she pitched the first three innings, and she uh, struck out 10 of the 11 batters she or she got out. I think she got out the first 10 of the 11. Yeah. She struck she out six. six. Right, yeah. yeah.
2: Six strikeouts. Yeah. And she didn't allow any walks either.
0: lot of great stuff coming from Osterman. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, is that is this enough to make her on the olympic team right because this was the first hurdle i think she had to cross or the first mm. big... was the first test yeah yeah and yeah. I, I think that she proved that she can play on the national team i think that she proved that she's probably gonna play next year in yeah. 2020 i
2: mean i don't think there's really a debate that she did well here so i think she could consistently make it you know next year for sure yeah
0: so do you think that because clearly we have like our bob hat socks on we're not gonna
2: we are a little yeah biased biased. but do you
0: think (laughs) that she showed enough that she's going to be the starting pitcher for the national team or do you expect her to kind of take a back seat and be kind of a you know middle reliever
2: yeah i mean honestly i'm not sure i mean she did do a complete game in the international cup and struck out 12 batters that's pretty uh i mean that's pretty impressive already but Again, you know, the Olympic team is going to be a little bit different. So, I don't know. I, def- I definitely think she'll make her mark on the team. I don't know about starting. What do you think?
0: I think that she's going to be the starting pitcher. You I think, think so? Yeah. I, we talked to the coach, and his name uh, escapes me right now. But mm-hmm. we talked to the coach when we wrote that feature earlier in the yeah. year. and he was all on board with Osterman and I think that she has a lot of really good connections to the Mm -hmm. international softball community I think that she kind of said they I I don't think that she picked up the phone and called them I think they might have called her and said hey do you have anything left in the tank
2: and that's a pretty good sign oh that's a great sign yeah she's
0: looking really good Mm the if if when if and when she gets to the national team and competes When do you expect her to start getting head coaching calls? Because I don't think there's any way that she hasn't already been getting those phone calls. That's what I was
2: going to say. Yeah, I'm sure it's already happened.
0: I'm just wondering, because Ricky Woodard's not going to go. Texas State has proven time and time again that they're loyal to Mm -hmm. a fault when it comes to head coaches. For sure. I think that they they keep people around a little bit longer. Sorry, Withers. Well, (laughs) yeah, that's what I was thinking. But but for the most part, they keep people around for for a while. Mm -hmm. And when do... Either we saw Ty Harrington leave. Yeah, I don't think Ricky Woodard is going to be heading out anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So when does Ashmin get that next chance to be a head softball coach?
2: I don't know. I, I think she definitely has had chances so far. And then if she performs well, I mean, she pre- performed well here. If she performs well in the Olympics, it's definitely just going to increase from there. You know? I'd be
0: excited to see her become the head coach of Texas Long or the Longhorn. That would be really softball. cool from her
2: alma mater. Yeah. I think
0: that that is a hundred percent. It's not, I don't know the likelihood. I don't have any connections up there or I haven't talked to anybody, but I'd be interested to see if that is on the horizon. Yeah, if that's possible.
2: And you wrote the story for Kat, right? About the feature before? Yeah. I did
0: write the feature, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do a follow up in the fall a little bit more, like in September, October, to kind of see where we are with
2: that. Talking about this and then seeing what would happen next year, kind of a preview type of thing. Yeah,
0: when we get about nine months away from like international play and we get Mm -hmm. nine months away from the the you know olympics i think then we're going to have a little bit clearer of an idea what her role is i think Mm -hmm. she'll have a little bit clearer what her role is because she's training at texas state she's training you know in the area and if you think about it the olympics is going to i think and again i don't know a ton about this but i have i have a feeling that it's going to kind of cross over into texas state softball season a little bit okay. and i'm wondering what her role will be with the softball team while she prepares for the olympics like I mean,
2: hopefully they give her a break when she's playing in the olympics well yeah, yeah yeah you
0: you hope that they <laughs> you, you can hope that she can do both yeah. but i'm wondering yeah it'd
2: be tough yeah for sure i mean with training and everything for sure
0: yeah 100 percent. she's getting oh, to train with the athletes she's training yeah. with her players but i'm still wondering like when is like
2: when's uh, the cutoff from texas state onto the olympics
0: exactly yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, and speaking of, I mean, we have more good Bobcat news. Uh, We were just talking about the former athlete uh, point guard who got put into the San Antonio Hall of Fame. Do you want to
0: talk about that? Yeah, we can talk about that. So a lot of people who have been around Texas State or know a lot of his name is uh, Rudy Davos. Uh, He's going to be inducted into the San Antonio ISD Hall of Fame, and he's a former Texas State men's basketball player and national champion, Rudy Davos. And he will be inducted in the San Antonio Independent School District Athletic Hall of Fame August 17th at the Alamo Convention Center. Uh, In 56, he was one of the six former SAISDs uh, to be enshrined here. He's a 5'9 point guard. Uh, He played for Texas State between 58 and 60. He was pretty good when he was playing here. Needless (laughs) to say, 56 and 10. Uh, He won the national championship the naia national championship in 1960 66 to 44 uh and he was uh his also the father of doug davos who was the head basketball coach from
2: 2006 2013 got some legacy going
0: on yeah a little bit of legacy too so yeah i know he's a pretty i i probably there's probably more to the story that i'm yeah Failing, but it's been, mm. like, s- almost 50 years now. Yeah, I
2: wasn't expecting you to say 56 <laughs> Yeah, no, in it's, 1960. When, it's, yeah, you
0: yeah, know. He's a little bit of an older <laughs> guy. Uh, yeah. But, but still.
2: It's cool to get that, you know, to get mentioned like that, to get those, to get recognized for what you did. Yeah. yeah it's definitely dope. And we have one more bit of good news also. Uh, Alex Peacock, do you want to talk about his professional signing
0: yeah he signed with cyprus who's who's going overseas i think he's playing in greece i'm pretty sure uh i think that's where the the team is Mm -hmm. i'm i liked alex i have a lot of great memories uh covering alex i remember so just like a little personal anecdote uh when he came to texas state and we we kind of didn't know like okay what like who is this guy? We just kind of mm-hmm. know him as a Juco basketball player with a peacock tattooed on his arm. Like, no, seriously, yeah. not, we didn't I we didn't know a ton. And he was, I was a young, I'm, I'm still a young journalist, but he was a, a younger journalist. <laughs> back in the day. Well, yeah, back in the day. Now, when I was a, a little bit younger, uh, yeah. and I, it was a little bit more inexperienced, this was the first guy that really, like, you can kind of talk to athletes a little bit more before they come on campus. Mm-hmm. And then Texas state does a pretty good job of clamping down Hiding on like them from you. Yeah, well <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Alex is one of the only guys who, when we talked to him preseason during the season, postseason, in the quad, anywhere that you talk to this guy, he's one of those people that's naturally just like funny Mm-hmm. is that make it makes sense he's no, yeah. na- charismatic and it always showed the way he played it showed in like the pregame. it showed in his little like green screen video mm-hmm. of him dancing a little bit mm-hmm. it was always i always thought it was really funny that he's got this like legendary tattoo probably the most you know recognizable tattoo in the sunbelt conference
2: oh yeah the peacock that's a hot take but i i i, I well, agree yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and it's probably the most recognizable tattoo yeah. and he's wore an undershirt and covered it and didn't didn't want like everybody to see it he was a you know good not great three-point shooter but defensively he was always very good rebounding he did a lot this year um you know you'd like to see them do a little bit better in the tournament but he was he was the guy that at the end when we ended up losing that game to georgia state he was the player who was on the podium with Mm -hmm. casper he was the guy that was defending casper to the end he was the guy that was like this is this is our team and we're happy with it and like we didn't accomplish our goal but we're Mm -hmm. still like happy he's one of my favorite athletes ever to cover yeah to be completely honest with you and i'm very excited that he gets to take that next step
2: well and i think talking back about his charisma and everything you know uh on the court it showed i feel like one of his best you know, traits was he was the one who was picking everyone up. I think he was really a team leader in that way. So that was really cool to see too. He's always having fun and he's always keeping everyone together. So
0: oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm trying to continue to kind of look and find where he, it, where it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know a ton where Cyprus is. I, I Well, so. Cyprus
2: is like this Island near Greece. Okay. So yeah, it's its own like country, but yeah. So Cyprus is right in the whole Mediterranean Greece area so it's a lot of fun he's gonna have a lot of fun over there yeah i'm sure it's pretty over there too he's probably gonna have like some beach time and everything we'll
0: we'll see we're trying to get again kind of previewing it we're trying to get an interview with him and set up a feature Mm -hmm. and we're gonna put that hopefully in the paper um pretty soon yeah you want to so let's tease this a little bit before we get into the the real meat potatoes and bones of this 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 podcast. podcast yeah you had a pretty interesting conversation with the head coach recently haven't you i'm
2: gonna say it was a great conversation yeah so basically I don't want to exaggerate at all but me and Spavadol are best friends now (laughs) we are absolutely we're really tight um I have his number and he said that he made it clear whenever he he called me also he called me so let's just keep make that clear but yeah it was a really good talk I mean uh really what I wanted to reach out to him about was you know how is adjusting to San Marcos what are y'all how are y'all preparing as the summer goes because you know, we've had a dead zone. We don't really know much of what's going on because not much is going on. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, athletes aren't really – you don't really get to talk to the athletes because no. it's off season. You don't yeah. really get to talk to the coaches. We saw him at I, – I know our editor-in-chief and I were at Harrington's retirement yeah. ceremony. Yeah, yeah. And I know Spav was there, but mm-hmm. we didn't really get a chance to, like – Yeah,
2: and I saw him at um, Trout's thing, too, but mm-hmm. also didn't talk to him because, I mean, it, that wasn't about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
0: Didn't want to buddy up to him. But it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, So did you ask him what his favorite food was to order at Chimmy's, or?
2: No, I mostly just asked, you know, like, what's it like moving from like coast to coast, you know, going from West Virginia, California, A&M. And he basically said it was really easy, which I don't know if I believe. He's him. got young kids. Yeah.
0: He doesn't have kids in school yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They are young, you know, and he said his wife is really good about moving and stuff and she like helps him out. But he also said that he's still working on unpacking. His garage is just full of boxes from whenever he moved before. So
0: So we'll see. Let's jump right into that then.
2: Yeah. So are, are we going to jump right into the, the interview then? All right. Cool.
1: This kind of works itself out.
2: It's just kind of the same thing, different places type of thing
1: it is yeah you know different battles everywhere you go different cultures everywhere you go um you know the main thing is is just trying to figure out from a football standpoint trying to figure out how the university works mm-hmm. like when they do academics uh you know how they do certain events and holidays and you know just how uh you know we're a morning practice team this is the first time i've ever uh, done morning practices oh really uh, just based off of what they they scheduled previously so you know you're, you're sitting there trying to piece that together and and make sure that you're comfortable with the schedule as well so um you know just different battles everywhere you go but mm-hmm. you know it's it's all relatively similar you know where you can keep uh your same uh philosophy intact
2: and as far as moving to San Marcos and Texas State specifically, uh, have you had to made some, make some specific adjustments there? And how do you feel about living here so far?
1: You know, I, I actually love living here. It might be one of the the funner places that I've ever lived. Mm-hmm. In
2: terms I agree. Of when,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when you do have a day off, like, uh, you know, a weekend, there's just so many, you know, options that, you know, you and your family or friends can just go and have a good time, uh, you know, where – when you when you live in college towns they're very fun for college students but when you get into you know guys that are actually professionals living in the in a college town there's really not many options that you can do yeah it's but, a little uh, different <laughs> it, it is but it, you know I really enjoyed living here I've always loved the hill country and and that that was kind of one of the things that attracted me to San Marcos but uh just uh, I've been enjoying every single moment I've been out here
2: and obviously uh family's important to you you know um and you've got your brother working for the program as well how's that dynamic and everything
1: it's been great you know he zach's been um, a huge asset to this university and this football program uh, he's done it at such a high level and and uh, very well respected throughout the course of state which is which has been great for me because you know he he keeps it very professional you know there there is a time when we are brothers but when we step into the office he knows that it, it's all business related mm-hmm. and and he knows his role and and uh he understands the vision and the direction that we want to go and uh, he implements it pretty good and um i couldn't be more pleased with uh just that aspect of how he's handled it from a professional standpoint. Um, you know he he sees a lot of potential in this place as well and Mm -hmm. and uh, he wants to make sure that we are maximizing every opportunity that we have here.
2: So y'all can balance both basically like family and professional keep it separate type of thing?
1: We do yeah you know I I was kind of curious about that at the beginning but Mm -hmm. uh, you know Zach's done in so many different schools and uh, being at Oklahoma and Houston and Texas Tech and uh, he just he understands how this profession works and and how the alignment has to be correct at at all angles of the of the program and uh he makes sure that uh everybody's doing their job within and and helping out if i'm and kind of being my eyes when i'm away from it
2: and so your dad was a i saw he was a football coach too and so do you think that inspired both of y'all to go into this
1: yeah it did you know it, it started off with my grandfather who was you know he was an nfl and Mm-hmm. canadian league and usfl and world football league coach and and that kind of inspired my father to get into it and you know when you when you were raised you uh you, you pretty much want to be like your father and i think oh, that's yeah. just kind of how it sparked i i ended up uh having a lot of uh you know there's not great job security in college football yeah <laughs> and uh you know hence that i've moved a lot based mm-hmm. on uh you know where i've been and but um You know, they encouraged me to get a degree and, you know, possibly pursue other avenues. But at the end of the day, I ended up, I was about to be a finance major and I had, I got a phone call from Gus Miles on to go be his GA. So I I changed uh, my degree to just a general business degree and graduated early and left, got into the profession.
2: Honestly, this seems more exciting, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know, I, don't, I, can't, I can't picture myself doing something else. I just mm-hmm. love the, the competitive fire of just, you know, you're, you're developing a program and a team to go and, and, and compete against other universities. And, and uh, you're always looking for that competitive edge and everybody's constantly trying to work and improve and, and, and recruit and just every day you just try to make it a day better because then a day, you know, you're trying to compete at a high level.
2: Mm-hmm. And so uh head coaching is you know in addition to St. Marcus being new for you so is head coaching. So how has that been adjusting to that and filling into those shoes? Yeah,
1: it's more, <laughs> it's, more organiz- it's more organizational. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just making sure that everything runs like the course, you know, like you you know, I'm not calling plays which, you know, I thought would be difficult, but it's <laughs> You know, because that was the reason why I'm sitting here in this chair is because of how I've been able to call plays over the years. But, but you kind of take on new adventures, new challenges, and, and see where you can put yourself to work to be most beneficial for this team. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me is, is making sure that we're getting our nutrition program right. To, making sure our daily operation is, is being maximized and these kids are getting as many resources as possible to make them the best version of themselves and that's what's been kind of interesting for me of just you know, moving around and and uh, looking at different things of what I can do to help improve this university and improve this football program because I trust my coaches. I have a great coaching staff. They've all done it at a high level. They all are quality, genuine people, and they can, they're they really good ball coaches. But So I feel comfortable with letting them do their jobs, which allows me to, to go work at the deficiencies that we see in this program. And uh, uh, it's it's been – You know, they they said the analogy of drinking out of a fire hose, and it's pretty correct because (laughs) there's been days where I sit down and you have 5,000 problems hit your desk um, where you had a a, a plan to get a lot of things done that day, but Mm -hmm. you had to end up solving problems all days, which which is good. That's why you do it. But, um, you know, overall, uh, you know, you just each day, like – Can't really get experience as a head coach unless you are one. So each day I keep getting better at
2: it. And I bet it's a lot more, I mean, like this, press related and public image related now. Is that how it is for you?
1: In a way, in a way. You know, I I think that the more exposure that you can get with this university is going to be great. Mm -hmm, Um, For sure. You know, and I I think that's something that we were just trying to create a lot of buzz and excitement and, and get people back involved with the program and and create some excitement for this Mm -hmm. university that they could be proud of and i think that when you start doing that you're just going to start getting more media attention and and uh once that starts happening then you start developing your brand and your culture and it starts just taking off from there Mm
2: -hmm. i I feel the buzz a little bit so i think it's working so far
1: well that's good we (laughs) we need we need to keep pressing it right
2: um and as far as uh for us, we've had kind of a lull in sports because no games are happening right now. All the sports are over, but obviously y'all are still working through the summer. So what's the game plan for the summer been like? What have y'all been up to?
1: Yeah, so the month of June, we, college student athletes, they uh, their time off for football is in the month of May. So whenever they finish up their finals, mm. they go home for a couple weeks. You know, okay. however long it is so they get back in june and we went four weeks of summer conditioning where uh and then i gave them the the fourth of july week off and then they got three more weeks of conditioning and and then we start fall camp we report on um july 30th so it's, it's right here around the corner Coming so, up. yeah so they they got around seven to eight weeks of of uh summer conditioning and and then we start fall camp and and everything's bumped up a lot earlier um, due to all the new NCA rules and the acclimatization periods of getting these kids, like, because they got to practice in the heat. Oh, okay. So, so we, we pretty much start a full month before our first game. So, mm-hmm. so it uh, it's going to be here quick.
2: So that's a new update. Is uh, like starting this year?
1: Well, they, they've been they've been tweaking it every single year. Okay. It started where they got rid of two a days, you can't do two a days anymore, so they extended the camp. So it's gotcha. actually like an extra week longer than what it normally is because mm. they don't want two a days to happen with two practices in a day and then you can't hit um more than three times a week, which that kind of spaces it all oh, out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot of things with the concussion mm. protocols and and the heat index and just the acclimatization period of getting them ready to, to play that it takes a little bit longer for them to uh, to pass all the protocols to actually be able to play on that first game.
2: A lot of regulations to follow.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's too many rules. I feel like I.
2: <laughs> I could tell from your tone, it seems like a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just that there's just a rule for every single thing that you do here in college oh, football. Man.
2: And so I'm sure this, to finish it out, I'm sure you've answered this a million times, but uh, what are your plans for the season overall? And yeah, what do you have planned for us?
1: You know, I, I talked to the team about this. Um, you know, I, I told them that, you know, there's there, there's a lot of unknowns about us. You know, obviously that we, we haven't won here in the past. Um, and that's kind of the expectation that a lot of people have about us throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, But it really doesn't matter what anybody thinks about us, as long as each day that we are continually to improve and and be the best versions of ourselves and get better as a team. That's all I've been asking them is I want to see progress every single day. And where we were at six months ago when I first got here till now is night and day. You know, and now we got to keep building off of that where we have to become a smart football team. We have to play together because, you know, I look at what they were last year and – they lost, I, I believe it's was four games within a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes down to playing together and playing smart football. And if we can continue to challenge ourselves and do things that we have never done before in terms of a preparation standpoint, you're gonna see better results. If you wanna change the results of what you guys have been doing in the past, we have to do things differently than what we've ever done before. And that's what I challenge them. And I think they got a chip on their shoulder, they do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's about the continuity and just galvanizing the locker room. And I think they're all on board and they understand that there's a lot of people that doubt them. And uh, I think that they they want to end the season on a high note. And I know there's a, a lot of seniors um, that have been through a lot, a lot of coaching changes. Some mm-hmm. of them, I'm their third head football coach. Uh, some of them, you know, my brother is their fourth defense coordinator. Um, So there's a lot of transition, um, a lot of things that they've gone through. As long as they stay together and keep uh, improving daily, I think you are going to see better results than what they've had here before.
2: So, yeah, I think it's safe to say that, you know, we're really close now. I think you could tell from that interview. Right? Oh, 100%. Right from, yeah. What
0: was your favorite part about interviewing Spav?
2: My favorite part was how personable he was. I mean, he made me feel really comfortable, which was awesome. You know, some uh, coaches you can tell themselves aren't that comfortable and they're really professional about it. But I think everything he said was really honest, um, especially whenever he told me, you know, what are his plans for the season and everything. And he told me, you know, really what we're working on, We know we know what we're up against, you know. He knows exactly what uh, the fans are saying, what everyone's been saying for the past couple of years about Texas State. But he knows that what needs to happen is a culture shift, you know, and it needs to be working on improvement and keeping on going and consistency like that. So that was a really cool thing to talk about, too. Well, we're
0: a little over a month away from – the A&M game. We I'm ex- are. I'm excited yeah. for it. Yeah. You're going,
2: are you going to college stations?
0: Though? I probably am. I think we need, I, I still am trying to set everything up with them, yeah. but we're going to get press passes and be oh, at yeah. mm-hmm. Kyle Field. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about something else happening. Yeah, sure. So media day, 21st and 22nd mm-hmm. of this month. I'm going to be heading out to Big, Big Easy, Big Nola, going to New Orleans. Big Easy. Yep. Hope this hurricane does not wash them out.
2: Oh God, I didn't even know about a hurricane. That's a little worrying, Zimmel. That's
0: tough. So <laughs> yeah, hurricane Hurricane Mike, I think, is having having landfall when we're recording this. So we'll see what happens.
2: Mike is really a weird name for a hurricane. <laughs> it just doesn't sound threatening at all. But anyway,
0: anyway, anyway, so we we hopefully the plan is that I go out there, I get a bunch of interviews, mm-hmm. bunch bunch of stuff. We get more SPAV content because yeah. everybody loves SPAV get a little bit more Brian London content. He's been voted the best defensive player in the Sunbelt Conference by a couple of people that I'm talking to. He's been talked about as one of the best defensive players in the state of Texas from a couple of people I've been Mm -hmm. talking to, or one of the best defensive players in the state of Texas from the people I've been talking to. I'm very excited to see what he can do this year because this is really the last chance he has to make a big impact mm-hmm. on nfl scouts and his last season at texas state so right I'm very excited for that so we're probably gonna we're gonna try to get a little content from you know brian and mm-hmm. get a content from spav and everybody else that goes to media day. and i'm gonna talk about a lot of other teams that you know we've had sean talk about some teams yeah. coming on we're gonna try to talk to a lot of the people at media day and get Mm -hmm. them to come on the the other
2: side. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And have,
0: have other writers and stuff come on the podcast too. So you can expect that content coming up.
2: So really exciting stuff coming up guys. So keep tuning in. But once again, thanks for listening to us. Uh, I'm Claire Partain and this was Andrew Zimmel.